Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, today we have an amazing guest, Sridhar Padeni. He is one person who has been into SaaS ecosystem before it was called SaaS. Right? He started with being a co-founder of a company called Host Analytics back in 2001, and he also co-founded Gainsight. And now he is working on his new venture, which is GPM Buddy. So you know, let let's hear from such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Sunil. Uh, thanks a lot for the invite. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, hey, Sridhar, like I gave a very short intro about you, and you know, I couldn't find a lot about you also on LinkedIn. Maybe can you can you tell us more about yourself and you know how's your journey been in, into SaaS? And I think you're probably one person who's been in who I know personally who's been into SaaS the longest. <laughs> so I don't know anyone who's been into SaaS before before you. <laughs> sure. Okay, where do we start? Personally, again, my name is. I'm based out of Hyderabad, India. I've always been based out of here for the past twenty plus years now. Personally, married with two kids, two boys, eighteen and fifteen. Currently working on my my third startup called GTM Buddy, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of uh, my journey, I started my startup uh, career, if you will, back in two thousand one with a company called Host Analytics, uh, where mm-hmm. I partnered with a gentleman by the name of Jim Abelin. based out of the us and we co-founded hostantics a company that's into a space called corporate performance management which is basically into budgeting and planning financial consolidations financial reporting for large enterprises which have global operations and they're trying to create their planning and uh, consolidating of the, of the actual financials and so on right so started working on that in 2001 bootstrap for the past 7 years or so raised our series a in 2008 early 2008 and uh, the company grew and uh, towards the end of you know to 2009 2010 time frames the ideation started for what eventually became gainsight and in 2011 came out of hostantics and uh, started working mm-hmm. for them on gainsight the name of the company was uh, jbara software back then mm-hmm. and uh, worked on it and we got our early customer traction again i partnered with jim same person hostantics and we partnered on gainsight as well So the first two years we built the product, and uh, that, those was those were very very early days of uh, customer success. Maybe uh, yeah. later, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the name of the company was Jibara Software, and built out the product. A lot of ideation that went into it, and uh, got our early customers. Ended up raising our uh, Series A in 2013, mm-hmm. and stayed on with uh, Gainsight for the next eight years or so, eight nine nine years in total. Yeah, mm-hmm. went on a sabbatical in in 2020 last year. and the year before actually and mm-hmm. beginning of last year i started thinking about what next and so one possibility was becoming an angel investor and advisor kind mm-hmm. of it and have a comfortable lifestyle uh, right but as i thought more about it it was not for me and really wanted to do uh, one more startup build, uh, build. <laughs> that that's where i started up started working on gtm buddy got our team together and working on it right now very very interesting sridhar and you know i really like that you know you still have that founder spirit uh, right in you that you want to build something as you were saying right you could have become an advisor an investor whatever but you took the third option which is like still building and you know the past two experiences i know that you know this will be another big big venture of yours um, but yeah so uh, talking about host analytics you mentioned you raised in 2008 I mean, how is that possible? Because two thousand eight, the market was crazy, and you know, in in the midst of all this, you're raising for for a for a company which is SaaS, which is not quite as a, as a model or 
you know as a, as as a kind of industry as an ecosystem it's not quite famous then but then you've been running it for about 7 years when you when you raised and you know so can you can you tell us more on that and how what were the friction points maybe that you saw while while raising for that one yes as we have been predominantly focused on the us in in all of uh, the startups that i have been associated with and in the us by 2008 time frame saas became quite quite common the multiple mm-hmm. companies operating so yeah. a bit of a timeline on saas uh, is that probably a lot of people attribute salesforce to popularizing saas as as as, as, right. uh, as a way of doing business as a business model and so on right mm-hmm. so when i started the career, my career the the term for that was application service provider mm-hmm. uh, so the basic idea was that there were just existing legacy applications mm-hmm. where uh, as a customer you would purchase software and then uh, you would en- engage with consultants for implementing that solution wait for a couple of years for the onboarding to be complete and then by the time you have spent several millions of dollars you are stuck with what mm-hmm. you have whether you like it or not yeah. right so the idea back in those dot com was more of the consumer side of the world and uh, mm-hmm. the business side of the world you had application service providers where the idea was that you would host applications on on the web and people can subscribe to software right that, that was the idea when we started off with host analytics as well the name itself mm-hmm. was analytics hosted analytical applications yeah <laughs> idea, right nice so uh, we started back back then and from early on by nature of our business we have been focusing on enterprises it was not mm-hmm. a, a focused on long tail of customers smaller enterprises small deal sizes and so on it was always Got it. on mid to larger enterprises mm-hmm. and we, we had fairly large contract sizes in the early years of the journey as well so nice along the way in 2004 2005 a lot of analysts coming together cloud computing has mm-hmm. right as started getting popular right popular right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so by the time uh, we raised our money we already had a number of respected logos among among our customer list at the time and actually we were late to raising money there were other companies which were going after those smaller enterprises smaller ticket sizes and so on which had raised uh, money in 2004 also in the same category mm-hmm. uh, so we we raised predominantly for other reasons because uh, we were competing with the likes of sap and ibm and uh, oracle were, were our primary primary competitors Mm-hmm. that too because we were competing with hyperion early on and hyperion mm-hmm. acquired by oracle so oracle became a competitor right mm-hmm. competing with cognos and cognos became ibm so right. ibm became a competitor became competitive yeah. sap acquired business objects and outlook soft and multiple other companies in the space so our competition became just these three big players so the reason why we raised money at that point in time also is in order to compete with with these players we needed to become mm-hmm. interesting so, and we had the credibility in terms of the customer traction product was mature is evidence of all the customers uh, paying for it and using it and so on so mm-hmm. yeah interesting and 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 you know as you said right application service provider and then became saas and i think that's how you in the past two conversation also you mentioned that while you were working on post analytics uh, you had people subscribing to like a software which was you know quite not quite popular back then and then you saw that you know people are subscribing and they are they are churning out and that kind of gave you the idea of you know the customer success as a function and probably gave the idea for you guys for gain tight as well so what were the pivotal points that you saw in post analytics where uh, through which you saw that you know hey this this customer success as a domain can be can be huge moving down the years for saas industry 
and then you know can how can we create a tool right and what kind of what were those moments where which kind of finalized in your mind that you know hey we have to stop like course analytics and i have to move on and create uh, this new product or new company called gensa yeah it, it was a journey of uh, figuring things out right so been through the the journey at uh, hostantics of building a saas business so for any saas business in general you basically if you look at your revenues you're basically doing two things at the same time on one hand you're closing new business you're getting new customers right. and uh, every month every quarter you have your quotas and you're trying, trying to hit your quotas and go beyond and so on customer mm-hmm. acquisition and uh, as the company uh, starts building its install base of customers mm-hmm. you know, designed some customers so in year 2 you have two revenue streams now one mm-hmm. you're renewing the existing customers and you are right. also planning new customers right right and with some of those customers that you are renewing you are uh, expanding some of those contracts mm-hmm. and you are losing some of those customers right so there is always a point of no return for most saas companies mm-hmm. in a given quarter if you will the amount of revenue that you are renewing or your expansion revenue taken together it's mm-hmm. larger than the new revenue that you are closing it's almost like right. a point it's a point of no mm-hmm. no return of that as your install base is growing you're renewing mm-hmm. more than you're uh, generating in terms of net new revenue totally and uh, in that scenario when you start looking at okay or all of the customers in the existing install base or they renewing mm-hmm. and uh, you start seeing that okay you thought everybody all of your customers are happy and your ideal world everybody is renewing and some are uh, expanding so your net retention rate is like 120% 150% whatever <laughs> but the uh, reality starts hitting you in terms of you know you start seeing some customer who you thought was happy mm-hmm. gives you a churn notice at the 11th hour right or well past their annual date and, and so on mm-hmm. it's a fairly common story for many many saas businesses right right so that was a context in which the ideation started in terms of mm-hmm. like not just any any the problem statement was not unique to to host analytics per se but any right. saas business that goes through the, the growth path Uh, back then or even today mm-hmm. uh, as your install base existing customers in, install base is growing mm-hmm. you need to take, take care of that install base ensure that your customers are happy adopting your solution getting value from the solution do it proactively right. about mm-hmm. so how do you do that was a question and uh, the instrumentation mm-hmm. uh, back then was a number of companies were doing nps surveys for raise back then and they continue mm-hmm. to be quite popular net promoter mm-hmm. surveys so you would right. do a survey out of survey monkey and send out a survey mm-hmm. and uh, identify what is your nps score how many promoters you have how many detractors you have and then you do some analysis and discuss some action items and hopefully act on it and mm-hmm. uh, you basically are again wait for the next nps survey to come in right there was no tooling mm-hmm. other than uh, the nps surveys for most companies those times mm-hmm. so our thought process was that uh, there's got to be a better world where uh, it cannot be a point in time kind of an exercise but rather a continuous stream of work that has to go in to monitor right. your install base and ensure that they are they're getting value they are adopting your solution and you are taking the making the course corrections as necessary and so on mm-hmm. so that that was a, it started from the problem more than anything else so it's not right. as we set aside went about thinking that you know customer success is going to become the next big thing therefore i want mm. to create something but we we're, we're trying to solve a problem that's real Right. And the problem is not just unique to one company, but uh, yeah, multiple. Yeah. Right. 
and then you look at okay what do you want to do to address this problem address this problem yeah. of tracking your install base and monitoring customer health and getting the mm-hmm. and avoid surprises and so on there was no tool in the market which can help us do that right so we went about thinking about about you know what the tool can be mm-hmm. so that's where this whole category creation thing comes up right so when you yeah. have a, you are entering in an existing market you know that okay there is a market and uh, there are customers who understand the category right. uh, if you will and there is a set of uh, capabilities that you need to have in your product to compete in that market mm-hmm. and you want to do it better and so on right, right. but when you are talking about something new where a lot of companies did not even have uh, a function called customer success back in the day exactly yeah figuring out in terms of what the solution can be mm. so we went through a lot of ideation on that in terms of what is this product or what is it going to look like mm. we built a lot of different things lots of different areas long story right uh, built scrapped built scrapped and all of that came to a product definition early 2011 that's when i i came out started working on it and uh, when we launched we were the very first company to the best of my knowledge to have launched as a customer success platform globally right yeah so uh, again summarizing all of that it's it's it was born out of the problem sta- problem statement that you you face yeah interesting yeah and and so you know curious to know uh, when you are at host analytics and you are so did you have any role as customer success in your org so back in those days very very few companies if at all which had customer success function all of that happened uh, the customer success as a function has evolved in the past 10 years right uh, in reality there there were people doing somewhat similar things but the name the, it, it was not customer management. success yeah it was yeah. account management even today there is account management function yeah but there is a specialization of function in terms of there is account management on one hand there is customer success management on the other hand working hand in hand collaborating with each other but the evolution of as a of customer success as a function happened in the past decade right so a lot of companies uh, created that function and it's kind of right. gratifying to see that now when i talk to uh, many of my friends in the startup circles even in a early stage startup like with 10 15 20 people they mm-hmm. have at least one or two people who have customer uh, success yeah Yeah, customer success titles. This yeah. was yes back then. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Now it's become you know very synonymous with you know any SaaS company, right? Like customer right. success as a role. Anyone they won't let say have a person, but they will have someone who is doing that responsibility, who's taking that responsibility, yeah. right? Very very interesting to see. But you know, and then you created Gainsight, right? I, you know, I'm I'm very curious about like you know that you're creating a new category. right which is customer success platform right and you also you also said that there are very few companies who are adopting this customer success function right like who are not just there be like people who would be playing some key parts and in the responsibilities for this this particular role but they are not dedicated people so then when you when you were trying to do uh, when you're trying to sell gainsight to your you know prospects right obviously you would have said sold it to first few people in your network and whatever but once you so once you're trying to sell it to the new new people or new companies right so how did you tell them right or what was your approach in you know telling them that okay this is a new function and you know this is that's why it, it requires a new tool and it requires a new approach and it requires a new thinking or a new mindset so what was your approach back then in basically selling inside uh, or selling a product which does not you know people don't understand what it does Yeah. So why it required, but eventually it's kind of solving the pain point that 
we we are very sure that they have because it's a saas company so it's a saas company people are so from companies will churn so there will be a need of customer success platform eventually yeah 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 great question and uh, early success a lot of credit credit for that goes to my partner jim evelyn so what we did early on was that we were focusing on large well respected well known sizable saas companies as our customers so these are companies that are already at a certain level of scale right we do need to educate them about the the importance of being proactive about customer satisfaction and customer retention and the cost of churn and all of that these are companies yeah. that are already at that scale right and we're focusing on large saas companies back in 2011 and 12 that are based out of the bay area mm-hmm. where as you know a lot of uh, today's giants of uh, saas mm-hmm. companies have started right. and they were much smaller back in back back then uh, yeah back then yeah so to give an example uh, one of our early customers was uh, marketo and uh, mm-hmm. was already filing for ipo so they were already right. mm-hmm. and, uh, they had created a function for customer success and dan steinman was heading uh, customer success there i'm just giving mm-hmm. one example right and it was one of our early customers that we sold into in the same token we we sold to eloqua mm-hmm. uh, Uh, HubSpot was much younger company. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, over the two of the mm-hmm. large players, right? So both of them were our customers. Informatica had their cloud offering, Informatica on demand. They had, right. They were one of the customers and so on. Yeah. So you're basically going after tech companies that have SaaS companies that were already at scale, mm-hmm. where they know the problem. Right. They, mm-hmm. uh, and when you're talking about a solution that can address some of those pain points. Mm-hmm. they are willing to partner with you and uh, these type of companies are also thought leaders and they tend to be uh, early adopters of tech that comes mm-hmm. in as long Makes as sense. the problem solution fit is is clear to them then mm-hmm. uh, they tend to adopt far quicker yeah so that's how we got our customers focusing on bay area large saas companies that are already right. scale right and i think just like how you got gainsight idea from post analytics i am assuming that you might have got GTM buddies idea for from the past two both of the experiences that you have had Absolutely. so very you know really looking forward to that you know story come come live in a way yeah just to at, at a high level we're still in in a stealth mode so I can't go too much into details for that but basically what we are doing is I'm moving up the funnel the way we, I think about it so a customer success solution like Gainsight basically comes in when somebody becomes a customer. Right. then how do i manage the customer life cycle that that's right. what that's the role is now with uh, gtm buddy i'm moving up the funnel a bit in terms of how do i get the customers how okay. can i be more effective in that and that's broadly a problem statement that we're trying to solve awesome that's that's really you know that that paints a great picture in you know what gtm buddy would be you know so yeah cool would love to know since you have been into saas for the longest time what is the state of saas ecosystem in india according to you right how is that evolved Right, because when you started back in 2001, and you know now it's 20 years, so like 20 years from you know the time when you started. So how how have you seen it's evolved, you know, during these past two decades? Yeah. So something that I I, I reflect upon. Mm-hmm. So none of my previous two companies, Hostantics or Gainsight, or typically considered India companies, mm-hmm. we always had uh, the companies were founded in yeah. the same time. focus was in the on the us market yeah yeah and uh, all of our fundraisers have happened in the us and so yes. on 
right? But if I were to really think about it, all of Postantics product was was built out of Heisenberg for right. for a very very long time. Almost mm -hmm. yeah. also before there was any presence set outside of from a product perspective. I mean, yeah. right. Uh, along similar to Hostantics, there were other companies as well, where mm -hmm. uh, you have India-US structure. Right. And uh, there are founders who have an India connection of some sort. In my case, and I, I was based mm -hmm. out of India. So there are companies right. that in that category. Right. Uh, out of Hyderabad, the one company that comes to mind is Inside View. Mm -hmm. uh, Inside View had always had their engineering team here. When we were right. uh, working on Hostantics, they were based out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, they have the, the US headquarters and uh, so on. So there, there was this category of SaaS companies that were always there. Right. Most of them are not even treated as Indian companies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mostly. Yeah. Parallel to that, there were a, a new breed of companies that have emerged clearly or uh, as a country, I think we all look up to Zoho and Freshworks and whatever right. in terms of the scale at which they are. Mm -hmm. uh, Zoho advertisements the other day, a couple of days ago, uh, they, uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have been there forever, and uh, immensely right. successful. Lots of respect for uh, for what these companies have achieved, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they have set the role models for a lot of the other entrepreneurs, and they've also become breeding grounds for you know the, the <laughs> like PayPal ma mafia that we talk about. Now we right. Zoho mafias and Zoho mafia, <laughs> mafia. Yeah. yeah. So many people who are coming out of these companies and uh, starting mm -hmm. out again. These are uh, companies. They, these could be pe people who are employed with one of these companies coming out and starting on their own a company mm -hmm. that they have acquired and uh, right. they're starting their next next startup, next startup uh, yeah. experience and all of that mm -hmm. so that's phenomenal that i think going through that golden age of uh, india SaaS, we're at the very beginning of that cycle right and for the, the longest time it was always you know the india SaaS was uh, a lot of people perceive it to be that of a fast follower thing Mm -hmm. There's always a, a an established incumbent large player, and uh, we tend to build a better, faster, cheaper product, primarily on on price. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a perception. There's nothing wrong in that, and but a number of companies succeeded with that playbook, immense mm -hmm. amount of businesses. Right. What's really good to see is that the companies that are emerging right now, which have become market leaders out of it, uh, mm -hmm. out of the companies which are uh, selling large contracts very early in their uh, life cycle. Right? As, uh, mm -hmm. Reading some stats about companies like Innovacer as an example. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, talking about large contract sizes uh, relatively early in, the, in their journey still. Mm -hmm. and, and you look at product-led growth that the likes of, you know, Browser Stack and Postman, what they have achieved. Yeah, or, crazy. Or what what WhatFix has achieved. <laughs> yeah. The, right. the number of our, what capillary when, when they started out back in 2009, mm -hmm. and, Predominantly focusing on India and expanding to Asia market, they created a product right. that a number of yeah. other following. So there's yeah. so many examples of homegrown entrepreneurs building right. their startups and scaling it and becoming market leaders in their market, in their yeah. respective segments. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I think it has improved in, in with respect to all, everything, right? That there's more confidence now there's more materials and more people available in the ecosystem to help others there's more vcs or more money which you know which has come in right more opportunities to grow and you know everything has like grown crazily and i think you know i was talking to someone who just mentioned that i think in the SAS, from the sas ecosystem we are just you know entering the hockey stick curve 
for for india sas right like we are just we are just starting it's just going up now and from there great and you know i could go on and on talking about you see that i'm you know so interesting but you know quickly you know just just before we close this conversation i want to move to the lightning round uh, i have like three questions and you will have to answer like whatever is on top of your mind right cool so first one what's the one fundamental change that you're making in your job now in 2021 so far i have been you know looking at the my work from the perspective of product right uh, that's my core forte mm-hmm. now i'm i'm looking at it at my current startup at with much broader lens right so which is out, out of necessity you, know, you could say so that's yeah. that's one as a bonus pointer i guess if you were to uh, approach me for this conversation like a couple of years ago i would have i would not have responded or i would have said <laughs> no I'm yeah. an intensely private person trying to get yeah. out of the zone and you know be a bit more available and social and interacting with mm-hmm. people. So those are the top two, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's that's really great. So second one, what's the one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? Reflecting on the experiences mm-hmm. and uh, whatever experiences that you go through, if you don't take that that moment of introspection and reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't really have concrete takeaways in terms of how do you do things better right there's always uh, room to improve pretty significantly mm-hmm. interesting and then the last one right so what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started okay mm, that's an interesting one <laughs> i guess the importance of of even broader perspective on the business mm-hmm. and ensuring that all of the the entire team is with you on mm-hmm. on the journey and especially in the early stage startups you're not just looking at a product or you're not looking at just the the customer success or sales and so on mm-hmm. but the perspective of what you are doing and why you are doing and how you each person can make a difference right i think i could have done a better job before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, trying trying to get better at it it's a journey nice yeah. interesting awesome so yeah that again thanks a lot uh, i mean that's it for for this episode at least thanks a lot sridhar for you know taking time uh, you know getting out of your comfort zone i'd say now mm-hmm. and you know coming and doing this amazing you know episode with us the sas session podcast thank you so much